Welcome to The Hidden Rainbow, the podcast that delves into the complexities of being South Asian and queer in America. I'm your host, T, and S is in India today. In each episode, we will be exploring the unique experiences, struggles, and triumphs of South Asian Americans in the LGBTQ community. From grappling with cultural expectations and prejudices to navigating relationships with family and community, we will be candid with our guests about their journey in coming out, finding community, and creating their own definitions of what it means to be South Asian and queer. So whether you're South Asian, LGBTQ+, an ally, or just curious, we invite you to join us on this journey of self-discovery and acceptance. Let's start the hidden rainbow together. Again, just like last time, I'd like to throw in a trigger warning. I will be talking about sexual harassment within the LGBTQ community about halfway through the recording. Today we are joined by our guest, Em. I'd like to let Em introduce themselves. Hi, Em. I'm queer and trans. My pronouns are he and they. And I'm from Pune, India, and I'm really excited to be here. First, I wanted to start off with an article that S shared with me this week. It's called LGBTQ plus couples in India await the Supreme Court's decision on same-sex marriage by Joe Wallen by the BBC. As many of you probably know by now, up until 2018, homosexuality was criminalized in India. Wallen's article follows Aruna Desai, who runs a hotline for people who identify as LGBTQ+. She started this hotline after her own son came out to her in 2007. He had been so scared to come out to his mother, and although his experience with coming out went smoothly with his progressive and accepting mother, this is not the reality for the majority of LGBTQ plus individuals in India. She calls her organization Swikar, the Rainbow Parents of India. It bridges the gap between parents of LGBTQ plus IA children and strives to build a support network for them within their families by educating people on what it means to be part of the community. The article also discusses the current Supreme Court case in India regarding legislation for permitting citizens to marry someone of any gender. This would entitle couples to be able to jointly adopt children, own property together, and nominate one another as surrogate decision makers in medical emergencies. No matter what the court decides in the end, advocacy work for the LGBTQIA movement in India will continue. So, how do you feel about this Supreme Court case, and how was your experience growing up as a trans, non-binary individual in India? Did you find it hard to find resources and understand your feelings? The Supreme Court case, that is a handful. Every year, actually, there are like a lot of cases going up. Decently fought before they get rejected and they come up with this nonsensical notice explaining why they're not accepting this bill for gay marriage and it's usually just always along the lines of a woman accepted in society it's not this tradition for a man and a woman marry and raise children and you can't have two men raising a child because the child won't get the maternal love and everything that comes with a mother and whatnot it's all crap genuinely sorry for saying that because Basically, they will say all of that and won't do anything to talk about how almost 4% of the youth's population are orphans and less than half a million of 30 million children without legal guardians. They were actually um, in institutionalized care and the rest are like wandering the streets, vulnerable to abuse and trafficking. They won't address any of that. They won't address the child labor. 
they want to uh, address the child sexual abuse, the physical abuse, like the killing of the girl child and, you know, like child marriage, child trafficking, forced labor and sex work, all of the queer children in India and how much danger they are in, you know, just growing up in the society, in this super heteronormative society and how that much, how that can affect the child's well-being. So yeah, the children in India are most definitely in grave danger, but not because of being raised. Yeah. It's for a lot of other Did you want to talk about exactly what honor killings were in case someone who's listening doesn't mm-hmm. know? So yeah, I mean, a lot of times when people find out that a person is queer um, and or trans, it's considered super dishonorable to society and their community because being um, queer and trans is just really really not accepted so what people will do is just kind of get together and lynch them or in whatever way kill them because they're bringing shame to the world which is horrible there are so many cases of not just honor killings but a lot of people taking their own lives because of all of the not just bullying and everything, but a lot of the death threats and all of the harassment that people face in India. Yeah. So you did talk about finding the Trevor Project and resources like that. So you don't want to talk about the resources that you use to try to understand the feelings you were feeling as a child mm-hmm. growing up? Yeah, like I was talking to you earlier, I feel like... <laughs> The Wattpad to Tumblr to Queer and Neurodivergent Pipeline is a straight as line. I kind of ex- started exploring, uh, not in terms of myself, but just understanding the queer community when I was in like middle school, when I started middle school on Wattpad, just like every other queer that I knew later, that I later found out. Yeah, just exploring uh, what it means to be queer, understanding, you know, what all the labels are and all of the diversity in the community. It was it was eye-opening and so beautiful for me to, like, just learn about. And when I, I really just started questioning a few years ago, in, like, 2020, because I had, <laughs> I had this dream where I was in school with my group of friends, uh, which included my girlfriend. Mm, interesting. Great. Very cis-head dream to have. And the dream was very simple. It was just me and my friends, including my girlfriend, just hanging out, um, talking. And I woke up and I'm like, whoa, that was something because I had never felt more comfortable imagining myself in a relationship before than I did with that girl. And that girl basically resembled one of my best friends. Yes, I did fall in love with my best friend. That was my first queer crush. Like, I know all the stereotypes are true. (laughs) But, and yes, she was straight. (laughs) Darn. (laughs) But... Yeah, that was when I really just started questioning it because I'm like, why am I dreaming about being in a relationship with my best friend? Like, that's, that's, I mean, people, straight girls do that. Like, I don't think it's out of the ordinary, but I couldn't stop thinking about it because it felt amazing. It just felt like it's supposed to be this way. 
and coming out to myself was incredibly hard. It was like one of the hardest things that I've ever done in my life. It massively affected my mental health and I would tell myself growing up that I would I definitely would know if I'm queer. Like <laughs> excuse me, I am the loudest ally in my grade. I will take on anyone in a debate about queer rights because yeah they were being debated in my grade all the time and people would make uh, gay jokes all the time they used to call me a lesbian in school i mean they weren't that off generally <laughs> they called my entire group the lesbo gang half of us are gay now <laughs> that off but i mean come on they called us the lesbo gang as an insult because we weren't into interested in the drama we cared more about having fun i guess just hanging out with our friends focusing on our education and the other important things in life you know (laughs) everything else everything (laughs) else but no the create can't handle that they need they need like tea only in the forms of who likes who and who did what to who and since we weren't contributing and we weren't interested ah you're lesbians I actually love that now because I will get more pussy than any of them. (laughs) But yeah, no, my point was we grew up in a society where it's where everyone's conditioned to be a certain way, of course. And to break out of that, even though I was like so aware of this like society indoctrinated structure, it was still incredibly hard for me to break that down for myself. I could do it very easily for anyone else. But just for myself, it's incredibly hard. And I swear to God, when I was questioning, when I was like slowly coming out to myself, I have watched every coming out video on YouTube. I swear, every single one of I have. At some point, I had like chunks of some, some of my favorite ones memorized because I watched them so many times. And it would... So here, here was my, my routine at night. 12 o'clock, pretend to go to sleep because that's when my parents used to sleep. And at 3 a.m. when everyone's asleep, I can't sleep anyway because all I can think about is, oh my God, oh my God, am I gay? And at 3 a.m. I would stop pretending, go to my bathroom, hide, lock myself, wear headphones and watch more coming out videos, watch more how to figure out if you're gay videos and honey <laughs> if you're watching any how to figure out if you're gay videos mm, you might be gay, gay. <laughs> just a psa for everyone <laughs> <laughs> but i was not ready to accept that and it took me months and months of just like it was it was horrible but I finally came out to myself and I would have this Instagram account that I made just like a whole new email ID and everything, nothing to do with any part of my identity, just like picking up random words. And I would just like watch gay me- like scroll scroll through gay memes. And that was my source of pride and validation. Because the only person I was out to was myself and that was the only person I could afford to be out to. Even though there were so many people in my life who I know would absolutely accept me, I just, I couldn't get myself to. And 
every night I would like log into that that silly Instagram account which I just made for gay memes. That was in the title. <laughs> that was in the username. And oh man, I feel I wish I could go back in time and talk to that kid because man, he was going through it. And I wish I could go back and tell them that there actually comes a time when you won't just be okay with who you are, but you love yourself for it and you'll celebrate it with pride because there's no way in hell I would have believed that back then. That would have been really amazing. I remember I once saw this post where it said, I was at Pride today and there was this little girl just looking around, you know, eyes so big, just taking in the Pride. This was in June, just kidding, I'm thinking <laughs> again. I saw this post and there was this girl just looking around everywhere, you know, just like big eyes taking in everything and crying because she said, oh my God, I actually feel like I belong. This is what it feels like. And that's what pride is about. And I remember reading that and just immediately like bawling my eyes out. Cause I'm like, when am I ever gonna feel that? And now next month, that's gonna be my first pride. And I'm here in the States where in a place where I can actually be myself and I have people to go to pride with and I am so excited. Oh my god, I'm gonna be that girl, you know, <laughs> that I heard about. I'm so excited for that. The National Asian American LGBTQ Task Force says that South Asian, Southeast Asian, and Pacific Islander API, transgender, and gender non-conforming individuals face high levels of discrimination, according to an analysis called Injustice at Every Turn, a look at an Asian American, South Asian, Southeast Asian, and Pacific Islander API respondents in National Transgender Discrimination Survey. The key finding in this report is that people of color experience heightened levels of discrimination and have had worse outcomes than their counterparts. According to Anjali Chowdhury, who serves on the board of the National Queer Asian Pacific Islander Alliance, says, from employment discrimination to education to healthcare disparities, Asian American, South Asian, Southeast Asian, and Pacific Islander transgender people are suffering at high rates due to bigotry, racism, and transphobia. This is unacceptable. NQAPIA is committed to bringing visibility to these inequities and to creating a world where transgender and gender non-conforming people can go about their daily lives without fear of discrimination, harassment, or violence. A key point that the website emphasizes is that API transgender and gender non-conforming individuals face soaring levels of homelessness, poverty, and unemployment. API folks who attend schools in the way that they identify experience high levels of physical and sexual harassment. This stems from anti-immigrant rhetoric and interpersonal racism. What has been your general experience as a member of the LGBTQ plus community in America? And how has that differed from your experience in India? I think my experiences just being queer in India and America are very similar in a lot of ways because in India, we were, me and my queer friends, were 
out and out and proud but behind closed doors just within the queer community and a select group of people who we had to vet and be sure were absolutely safe to come out to and over here it's just that those doors those walls don't exist the community is so incredible all of my favorite people in the world are queer queer folks just tend to be bloody amazing and kind and understanding and empathetic and they see you in ways that you feel seen and just over here i get to be loud and open and in your face queer and that's its own kind of high since i've come here the kind of queer and trans euphoria i've experienced it's been so so incredible and I'm so so grateful for it i started exploring drag because one of my best friends here he has like his own drag house and i met the most incredible folks through drag the way that i felt seen and just having everyone look at you when you're being so flamboyantly queer and when you're being so much of what society deems insanely inappropriate and wrong and just being yourself and loud and colorful it is the amount of power that gives you i mean the way you feel then is incomparable it's genuinely phenomenal and being able to explore that being able to even just like walk around with you know with like a a pride flag i <laughs> couldn't possibly think of doing that in india and just being able to walk around with uh, my partners and we look obviously queer it's amazing yeah well i'm glad you've had such a good experience with it mhm at least here that's yeah. really nice to hear but obviously india has a lot of work to do in regards of progression towards absolutely acceptance mhm and educating people on what it means to be queer and trans and non-binary there are so many people who are doing such great work in india who aren't just being provided the right kind of platforms yeah but yeah i hope one day i can maybe just walk around looking a bit more queer yeah in india and not be worried for my safety <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure so i wanted to touch on drag because i know that you're currently a drag king in a very liberal city According to an article in Pink News titled Brown Queens Exist, Britain's first Muslim drag queen is tired of South Asian performers being overlooked by Ree Smith. Asifa Lahore, Britain's first out Muslim drag queen, talks about her experience as a South Asian queen on a major national platform. We have to fight the hardest and loudest in order to be heard and our art to be seen. She says, "In many cases we are denied work and opportunities because our art is either not understood, too political or too risky. Most often, the not this is down to pure ignorance a lack of research the unwillingness to listen understanding and blatant racism 
The Brown Queens Exist campaign highlights South Asian drag queens, kings, non-binary, and cis performers across the diaspora. It emphasizes the diversity and beauty of South Asian drag. Even in the famous TV show RuPaul's Drag Race, they have not featured a single South Asian drag queen to date. I scoured the internet to find someone from the show that was brown and nothing came up. It's just another sign of South Asian LGBTQ plus erasure. And this last question is directed at your personal experience without the precedence of research or articles. Would you like to talk about your experience of coming out to your family in India and how you as a trans slash non-binary individual have experienced the LGBTQ plus community in different ways? For example, I know that you mentioned that you're a drag king and that you're polyamorous. And would you like to touch on your experiences and how they're different from, per se, ours? <laughs> the elephant in this room coming out to my family in India. That was, that was quite something, truly. My parents actually found out I didn't like, come out to them. It was when I had come out to my uh, closest friends. Like, a little, uh, you know, a short little story on my Instagram. Like, hey, my pronouns are there. And this is the name you can call me and uh, everything. And just for one day, just for like, I don't know, I, I guess I just wanted to have a little gender euphoria moment and have my pronouns in my bio for once. And so I had, at the time, they, them in my bio for one day, just for one day. My parents don't use Instagram. But coincidentally, coincidentally, that one day my mom came onto Instagram and for some reason went to my profile and saw the they them. I would never ever expect her to know what that means. But that day, so many things kept happening and she did this amazing thing. She went on to Google. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. So she figured out what they them is and I'm like, oh my god, my daughter, they them, what is this? This is blasphemous. And my family started being like, my family as of my parents uh, started being passive aggressive towards me. My brother and my sister already knew. I had come out to them like that month. And were your brother and sister accepting of it? My sister most definitely was. My brother is accepting. He doesn't quite fully understand it, which is fair. So he had questions. Um, yeah, he had questions, which is fair. I just feel like he can do a better job at trying harder. Okay, yeah. My sister's incredible, though. She's, oh, she's my baby. I love her so much. Yeah, so... My parents were like being really passive aggressive towards me and obviously growing up queer in a brown family you're so paranoid like oh my god they know they know and i'm like dude for real they know because how are they being so passive aggressive about anything that's like remotely masculine or in any way not feminine mm -hmm. like if i wear anything like tie my hair in a way that is not feminine or wear clothes and I generally wear I've always worn like baggy clothes and everything but suddenly whenever I was doing that now my mom had a problem with it and she's like 
looked like a girl, dressed like a girl, talked like a girl, sit like a girl, and everything. And she was always stressing on it and being really, really weird and snapping at me whenever I did anything that wasn't like to her liking. And that's when I that's when I was like, holy shit, she knows I am so dead. And then that day I got a call from my cousin being like, dude, your mom knows because she had overheard my mom and her dad, who's my mom's brother, talk about me. You come out to your cousin yes. before that. Okay. She's the person I'm I'm close to in my family. And she was like the only person who knew beside besides my siblings. And like, holy shit, they know, they know, they know, they know. <laughs> my worst nightmares are, 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 are coming true. So I'm so, so royally screwed. And I wasn't planning on coming out to them ever unless I was in a long-standing committed relationship with a woman and I was going to marry her. Then maybe I would come out to my parents, you know? That was always the plan, but now, I don't know. My brother told me, look, you need to come out to them before you go to the States. Because if you go to the States and then they find out, they're going to blame you being gay on the States, on US turning you gay, and they're going to bring you back to India and never let you leave. And I hadn't thought about that before. (laughs) So I'm like, holy crap, I need to come out to my parents. And I was incredibly mentally fragile at the time and that's when I had to do it and I sat them down one day and I told them look I know you know already so I'm just gonna come out and say it I'm not straight <laughs> you said it like that yeah because I couldn't I couldn't get myself to say it yeah I'm not straight I like people of all genders and I am also not a girl. I am trans and I am non-binary, which means I am not a girl or a guy. I, it, that's just how I feel and I feel like my gender is more fluid. And yeah, I know you guys already know this. I know you guys are not happy about this, but I had to tell you. And it was horrifying. It was different than what I expected in ways that I didn't expect it. I kind of expected, you know, to be kicked out and shit uh, that didn't happen. But I was like, honestly, it's been over three years and I know it's been, they have changed a lot. One fine day, (laughs) they just woke up and decided that they're gonna pretend that none of this ever happened. I feel like that happens in every family. (laughs) Yeah. Just wake up one day, because you know Daisy parents, they love just shoving everything under the rug. Yeah, absolutely. Ignorance is bliss. That's like my dad's policy for everything. And so my parents just decided that like, none of that ever happened. And generally, I was kind of fine with it because I just wanted to get out of there. I just wanted to come here and I wanted to study and I wanted to live my life and not be suffocated anymore and not be abused anymore. So I was fine with them pretending I wasn't who I was. Fun fact, last month I was in India 
and I had the conversation with my mom. This is the first time we have spoken about it since I came out slash they found out. And I started this conversation <laughs> by taking her to watch everything everywhere all at once with me. Because you have the the Asian mother-child dynamic where the child is gay and I mean of course the movie is about so much more than that, but that is very much like the relationship I have with my mom. And I guess I thought this was as good a way as any of like starting that conversation, just like having a lot of things be said without me actually saying them. And then we could actually like start talking. And I was like talking about it for the longest time. Mom, when I come to India, we're gonna go watch everything everywhere all at once. It's got seven Oscars, it's amazing. And I think you're gonna, you're gonna really like it. I think it's so special. I think the two of us have to go and watch it together. The two of us, mom, it's so special for us. It's for us, it's an us movie. We gotta go watch it. And she was not interested because she's not a movie person. And she didn't, didn't understand the movie, but she did, did understand why I needed her to watch it. And uh, on the car ride home, it was just waterworks and us talking about a lot of things. A lot of things that she was okay with and a lot of things that she was not okay with. And understanding where we stand and how or we can move forward. And everything was really complicated. It went, I guess, in a way as well as I could have hoped it hoped it would but at the same time I don't buy it <laughs> I don't you think she's still like suppressing everything I don't think she understands the consequences of me really being openly queer mm -hmm. she knows how much it affects on my mental health to suppress my identity and have to always lie about who I am which is amazing that she can see that now after these two years because I've massively struggled with my mental health and she's seen that. So she has done her own research and tried to understand what it means to be queer and be trans and be non-binary and gender fluid and whatnot. And in a lot of ways, she doesn't get it. And in a lot of ways, her understanding of it is very far from what it really is but I can appreciate that she's that she has tried and I can appreciate that she is willing to accept me because I never thought that would be possible because what really in a way it means to be to have a openly queer child in India it's it's not easy because yeah, I mean, although I get to live my life and whatnot, even though I'll face a lot of harassment, it's also my family that will face a lot of harassment. Do you think she was more, like, they were all more scared of that when you first came out and they just misplaced all those feelings? Or do you think they genuinely were? Do you both. think it's a mix of both? It's a mix of yeah. both. I mean, of course, look, what will people say is always mm -hmm. a part of it. Especially in, like, brown culture, it's a huge, huge part of it. But People somehow always have so much to say. <laughs> and people care too much about what people yeah. say. What I was saying is, the family also faces a lot mm -hmm. when the child is queer. 
there are always going to be people talking about that family with the queer child and how the maybe the parents didn't raise the child right and that's why the child turned out this way or the parents let the child get too far let them like oh you know they let their daughter go to us and study and that's when she became queer and started all this trans nonsense so they took it too far they were too liberal or something they always find something to bicker about and blame the family for and in some ways the family also does get ostracized even if you're from an educated community and i know that my parents will lose a lot if i am openly queer in india so my mom does still say that she will accept me is something i couldn't imagine and is still something that i don't fully believe because i don't think she understands how far this will affect our lives you know but i still massively love her so much and appreciate her for i mean people will say that this is the bare minimum but yeah, but it's like it takes a lot in a community where you feel like you're constantly being judged mm-hmm. because i for sure knew that i was going to be kicked out i was going to be ostracized i was never going to be forget supported and like accepted but in any way loved by any part of my family i knew i was going to lose everything once i came out and that didn't happen and people might say that's the bare minimum i mean my mom my mom has put in the effort to try and she's far from perfect and yeah there's like still so much progress to be done but i want to recognize that yeah thank you for sharing all that it was really strong of you to talk about well all of the things that you talked about and oh, how yes. your relationship with your family has changed thank you so much for joining us on the hidden rainbow um it was a pleasure to have you for our listeners tune in next week in our episode in which we discuss various who knows yet we have not decided so sorry about that but thanks for listening in it